Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Hey, welcome everyone. Happy Thursday. Now, we, we don't have to pretend it's Friday anymore. We don't have we don't have to pretend anything anymore. This is no. our show the way that libertarians do a radio show, which is to say however we want to do it. That's it. We don't have rules. That's right. So we're we're you know uh because we're just doing the radio show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday now. Tim and I still want to do Thursday a Thursday evening show, do some fake news, all that type of stuff. Uh so we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about the the laws that got passed on the, on the state level and, and some of the proposed ones I ended up missing on Wednesday. We'll talk about the Libertarian National Convention a bit, and of course we'll do some fake news. Again, because this isn't a radio show, we're just going to run straight through, no breaks. To... And But we will take questions, your comments, and of course, guys, let's just light it up tonight. Let's have a little bit of fun. We'll run for about an hour, and we got lots to talk about. I, I Actually, Kevin, check this out. I just got a... a a Facebook message about a bill on the floor. And I know you have some other ones you want to talk about. So I, I don't know if I should just interrupt. No, you go dive right in. That's a... All right. So there's A279A is on the floor. Like it's, it's going to be debated. It's going to be voted on. It's an adult vaccination reporting bill. It's uh, we have, a, I have a group of friends, uh, Rich Bertel, that the, the legislative affairs committee, they, they've been trying to find, people to cooperate with them about bad legislation and and rich is like this is bad legislation so i don't know all of the details maybe rich will pop on and let us know but an adult reporting vaccination but what do you think about that we need more details before we go yeah yeah give, give us some more details and and again what is that bill number again a 279a and Maybe, oh, I think it's the one where they're going to collect data at the state level about who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated. All right, so here, here's the summary because I just Googled it. Requires a healthcare provider who administers immunization to a person 19 years of age older to report such information to the Department of Health and, or to a regional health information organization unless such person objects to reporting. I mean, I, I kind of... Uh oh, am I am I the one losing connection, or is it you, Kevin? I'm Back. losing. The, I'm losing my connection. Uh oh, <laughs> losing my connection. Yeah. So it 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 just it anything that accumulates and collaborates and and condenses data like that for the state to have on hand obviously concerns me. Right. Well, again, the the question is, you know, are they is it is it individual immunization information? Is it demographic information? Like if it's demographic, I assume that they're collecting that, right? Like they're like, oh hey, like this guy who's a you know thirty plus white male is getting his vaccine in Rochester, New York, right? Like that's they're already collecting that stuff. 
Right. So that they can then make claims about racism and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and they can be like, oh, yeah, well, because, you know, like one of the things is they, they know that like lower income people of color are less likely to get vaccinated um, and also more likely to like suffer uh, consequences from getting COVID. Not not like inherently, but they're more likely to get COVID and be hospitalized. Probably those two things might be related. So well, they, know, they did blame it on on i if i remember correctly they they i let's go back a few months i remember doing a little bit of a, a piece in a, in a show about it where they they basically used the information to point at cultural racism which i'm not sure that they made the case but they virtue signaled rather nicely about it yeah no, i mean they they, they sure did because we, we talked about like whether or not there was there's anything inherent about like uh black people specifically like having a more serious impact on COVID or if there are other health factors and vaccine take up rates and like, you know, whatever that, that contributed to this. And so like the social factor of those things kind of like matters. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, so, so I don't know, like I, I would have to know more about this bill again. Like I don't, I don't necessarily care if the state is asking me to do it, sure, right? If you give your information voluntary, it's one thing, right? But if they're yeah. using it to like <laughs> condense data into the eventual vaccine passport, which people were very concerned about and, and still, I think, probably are, as we're seeing this, this kind of like uptick in COVID, the uptick in we need an excuse to make ourselves popular again from the politicians. I don't know. I'm concerned that they're going to turn even more authoritarian than they were. What do you think about that? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm cutting out. Like I, I just switched like internet cables quick. Cause I'm like, and what's, what's going on with, <laughs> with, with uh, this cable? I, I don't usually, I, I have a, I have a corded connection. So that's I'm like, how the heck do I have signal issues? That that doesn't make any dang sense. I know I have I I have a corded connection, but sometimes it's just how it plays out. Yeah, could be the internet coming into your house. Could be, could be. Um, but anyway, you know, I I don't I don't know I, I don't have any other strong opinions on like this thing in particular. But uh, there, there is a whole bunch of other bills that, like, I want to get your thoughts on. Again, I never got to, to talk about this stuff on, on my Wednesday show. Like, I, I love when callers come uh, call in. Uh, but, like, my plan for my Wednesday show got totally derailed um, I, with, with folks calling in because, I yeah, mean. I was, yeah, I was going to call in. And then I'm like, well, he's getting a bunch of callers. Let's just let that fly, man. It was, And it was good stuff. I, I, yeah. I caught that story about the uh, first school shooting where all 21 kids were armed. I think that that may be an urban legend. I don't know that. There's yeah, been I, I don't. Yeah, there's, there's a, you know, dude, Douglas called. I think that's that's not real. Uh, like, again, if someone like can, can show me evidence of, you know, that it is real, then like, great. But I I don't think it, it makes sense or is realistic for like school children to carry firearms in the classroom anyway that's like never how it worked like there, i know there are guns in the class oh, like not in the classroom but there are guns in school for like rifle team or people sure. who are like who would have their guns in their vehicles because they're going to go hunting afterwards right but like 
there's not going to be a bunch of fourth graders with handguns or whatever, like in the classroom who are like ready to defend the place. That's not how it ever was or ought to be. Like, that's not, that's not how these things work. We certainly don't want our fourth graders or our 10 year olds or 12 year olds feeling obligated to carry guns to school. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like that's not, that's, that's not what children Perhaps should or ought to be doing. Enough. That's, that's not, a, that's not a healthy thing. Uh, and getting like, and I know like, you know, again, some students like would have guns in school. And I know like in that time there weren't necessarily school shootings because students had guns there. Not, and I don't know if that's correlation of we know some students might be armed or, or if it's just other reasons why those school shootings didn't happen. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that, that that story was true. And then, you know, I, I was getting mad too. Cause I'm like, what, what do you mean we need more like police officers in school? Like I was, I don't know, like the, the the Texas situation kills me with with people being like, oh, like the problem is there's not enough cops in school. Like there are cops right there. Like there's already a campus resource officer. The police station was three minutes away. All the cops are there. They just didn't act. Tell me, we need more cops in schools. Yeah, I mean it's it's getting to be quite a conundrum with those guys. Uh, if I go, if we go down this this hole, I know. Let's let's. Unless we get yeah. some comments or questions about it, let's save this for another day. More, yeah, yeah, about yeah, well, yeah. We do that. So, I like I want to get to some of the other stuff. Like, um, all right. So, there's a few things that that have happened, like since the show too. They the the state senate, New York State Senate, has passed a ban on body armor, except for certain professions. What are your thoughts on that? I. Doesn't make any sense. It's a self defense mechanism. Like, why shouldn't I be able to just wear body armor? Like, I get, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. What are they trying to do? What do you think they're trying to do? Uh, I mean, I, I think they're trying to 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 look like they're taking action, right? Like, oh, like scary shooters. They they use body armor. Therefore, like you know, we've got. But again, body armor. Like two things, right? One, it's a protection thing. Like body armor is not in and of itself going to like hurt someone number two it doesn't make you invincible right like it does most of, like either plate carriers or like kevlar vest like you can't like take an unlimited number of bullets with those things and be fine like that's not how that works they 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 can protect but for just one to a few shots depending on what sort of armor you're, you're wearing and that, yeah. that's kind of it most cases yeah one of, one of my friends uh one of my neighbors actually when i was a kid got Got, a police officer got shot through his bulletproof vest and like he was still injured and he was still out yeah, of it's work still gonna hurt like most it's still gonna leave like a huge bruise yeah. a lot of times like and it's it's gonna knock you over it just won't kill you because it distributes some of the force of the bullet hitting you know whatever material it's hitting correct but it is still he was still injured and he was still laid up for a little while yeah so like this is this is just a completely ridiculous misunderstanding um of you know what it takes to keep new yorkers safe and uh hopefully like that gets challenged because again i mean like and because there's no constitutional right to like body armor it's it's the same thing like it's the same it's similar thing like where, where we had like the the silencer debate right it's just mm -hmm. like a misunderstanding of like what this material actually does who uses it and why someone might want it. Right. Because it, it excludes a bunch of professions too. Like, uh, you know, I was reading that like apparently it excludes like volunteer EMS, right. You might want that as a volunteer EMS. Like you, that just might be a thing you want because it's, it can be 
a dangerous profession to go out and, and try to help people, right? Like people get yeah. like attacked and it's, it's um, happened way too many more times than I, I want to count, but I, I can remember a few cases and yeah. So like wouldn't an EMS guy can't wear body armor. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Like a, like volunteer EMS. Oh, but if you're a paid EMS, you can uh, maybe again, I'm, I'm trying to find some like more details on like what is and isn't included. Um, Cause I, I just saw like, you know, some, uh, stuff on Twitter about this and yeah, like, again, it just, it strikes me as odd that like, no, why wouldn't anyone be able to go and, and buy this again? It's that in and of itself can't hurt someone, you know, if they're going to go like, not that I agree with it, but like going after like the guns itself, at least like logically, I kind of get it. Right. And if I like, you know, when, when we draw out what, what, what the actual consequences are in terms of both our rights and like, keeping people safer it doesn't it falls apart but at least like logically i get that like the body armor thing just strikes me as this is something scary and why would you need this unless you're gonna do something nefarious well it's, it's a self-defense thing again this that this is a fundamental self-defense right things like you should be able to go and buy like body armor if you choose that by itself cannot hurt someone and it doesn't make you invincible either it just provides some limited protection for people who might be in dangerous situations and you don't know what that's going to be, and it's not the state's business anyway. Correct. But. There you go. Now you're going down the road. I like to go. It is at some point these things got to be none of the government's business, and I think it just feels like they're coming after all of our rights when they go after things like body armor, and then the incremental changes in owning a semi-automatic weapon, and then changing the age for people to buy a gun. Like inch by inch, they're slowly taking our rights to purchase weapons away and to defend ourselves they're taking it away they're going to ask us to depend on the government for our own self-defense and i think that's that's going to be a problem i think it's we're, we're seeing a spike in crime and i think I, I think it's important to point out you made the point on your show that we have been declining as a percentage in violent crimes like we're, we're actually been decreasing what we're seeing right now is like kind of a minor uptick but over the years it's gone down quite a bit am i correct it was a, yeah, a, no, I mean that's you know, like the the, the long term trend is that uh, violent crime has generally gone down, and violence generally has gone down too. Like both criminally and 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 for more, like worldwide, it's been a thing because there's a a, a um, you know negative correlation between wealth, the emergence of capitalism, and in in violence. When people are prosperous, trading with one another, and successful, they're less likely to act violently they're less likely to be desperate and in the lash out in those sort of ways yeah um, no I, I that that's the reality and so probably some of the the economic realities we're facing right now that's why violence seems to be ticking upward what do you think about that inflation and stuff like that yeah i mean that 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 can be part of it, man. Like, what, when, when, when did we see like that big uptick in violence, right? Like, it's, it's during COVID when people were unemployed and desperate and, you know, weren't able to, you know, do stuff and, and had no hope too, because that, that's part of it as well. You know, again, something like Larry, Larry Sharp's really good at talking about is like one of the better ways to like reduce violence is to give people hope for the future. Because when people have hope, hope and purpose, right? And, and goal. purpose, yeah. And and I think we're seeing like this whole 
devolution of the college narrative that you go to college and you get a great job. And, and I don't, I don't think that that's been painting out for kids for a few years now. And I never, yeah. it, it never seemed to be all that accurate to me, even though I went to college. So I, I get where they're coming from. There's a little bit of like sense of desperation and a sense of hopelessness. I don't know. The government yeah, response yeah. to COVID got this thing going. <laughs> yeah, it's part of it. Um, and and so I do I, I do I did post by the way the uh, the actual bill if you want to go and look up like what what the bill says for the body vest thing, uh, but but the summary is it's going to be um, see a class prohibits the the purchase of a body vest establishes that purchase of a body vest shall be a class A misdemeanor for first offense a class E felony for each subsequent offense establishes that the unlawful sale of a body vest shall be Class A misdemeanor for the first offense. Class C, yeah, okay, same thing. Sale and or purchase. It'll be a, a Class A misdemeanor and then a felony if you if you get caught more than once. Yeah. Uh, so just to, to deal with my buddy Robert Force's question, we Robert and again, guys, I'll remind everyone again, one real quick. Robert lost his farm in a in a tax foreclosure situation in Osego County. We've done a couple videos on it, um, and Robert is eager to do another one. I, I want to be clear. I spent a lot of time helping get signatures for Larry Sharp. I think that that's important. And so, Robert, yes, we will do a video soon. I actually got one planned for you, Brian, me. We'll get together and do one. Brian has some interesting ideas. So, guys, look look for more videos coming from me, the Freedom Variant, and maybe Kevin will join us, and we'll have these great conversations about how to – like localize liberty and bring it home and, and hold people accountable. I think that's pretty important. Sorry about that, Kevin. I, I had to jump in there and give Robert some attention there. No, go ahead. That's fine. I still get more signal issues yeah. anyway. Um, and, and, you know, appreciate all the folks listening right now. Uh, you know, uh, Dave, Brian, Douglas, Robert, all you guys. Thanks for being here. Um, let's, Let's, let's see Dave's comment here, right? They are going after all of our rights with the shootings. They're trying to implement a federal nationwide police force to control us. I, I mean, they kind of already have it. I mean, the, the FBI do. sort of is a national police force. Um, I, I mean, it's it doesn't operate like the states are still going to be doing going after individual like crimes that don't exist across state lines. But I mean. So very thing. ATF's already a thing, you know. Um, it's already here, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of already here. And then the other piece of it is, is I think we see these pushes for this this increasing globalization of our rules and regulations. And I think that as individuals and localists and people that believe in individual liberty, we we have a right to be concerned about that and to want to push back on that. Yeah, it's fair, you know. Like, so I, I always get a little little twitchy when like globalist is used right because i don't know what people mean by that in what context right like to me like globalism in the sense of we're going to enforce um you know with with a police-like function at a a worldwide level some set of rules like yeah i don't i don't like that i don't want that globalism in the sense that like we have good trading relationships with canada or something like I'm fine with that. Like, oh yeah, yeah, but that's not what they're talking about, right? I, I, I think, and well, I some think people are. Some people are. They're like, oh, we gotta stop globalism, like by by not trading with Australia. And I'm like, wait, what? No, I'm like, it, let's that's, trade with them. That's fine. 
I do. I, I, I do want think, the, the the UN like in, enforcing a gun ban or something, but like which is trade with people folks. are it's afraid or I even like you know you... like the the world trade agreement type of stuff like that's like there's sort of soft enforcement in the sense that like not I'm and this is glossing over like the details of that but like you you come to agreements and folks say okay we're going to play by this set of rules and the enforcement is that you don't get special favors anymore for like tariffs if you break these rules okay like that's so I don't that doesn't bother me um trade agreement type of stuff it's more like Okay, this thing that we thought was a right, like now we're gonna make like a global coalition to like enforce it, and you no longer have the a right to this thing. That's yeah, we're we're talking about economic protectionism versus a set of global rules and regulations that everyone has to follow. And along with global rules and regulations come a global organization and global taxation. And I think when we talk about agenda twenty one and agenda twenty thirty, and we want to kind of like push that off to the sidelines, there's there's a, an area where we have legitimate concerns. Like Klaus Schwab is not just a clown. People listen to him, right? And they they try to act on what he says. Like they just had a global world economic forum where they were talking about uh, maybe we need to set new standards for free speech. And, and I think people are concerned with the criminalization of speech and especially an international criminalization of speech. I think that that could be a real problem. Uh. Yeah, I mean, and again, it depends on if someone has an enforcement mechanism for it, or if it's just like, <coughs> or if it's like, uh, like CO two uh, agreements, right? Like, what was the um? Oh man, what was the the Paris the Paris, Paris agreement? Accord. Like, yeah, like okay, cool, we're all gonna pretty promise to do this thing, and like it, it didn't, it doesn't actually matter. It was unenforceable and so, they like, yeah, again, exclusions and it was ridiculous. I thought. And again, like, and, and people can talk about like having, you know, free speech stuff all they want. The only time it matters is if there are governments that decide to commit to enforcing it. And so like that, that's the part where you have to be like, they can talk about the stuff they want to, but like someone has to be there to, to actually enforce this stuff. Um, and there's, if there's not the political will to do it um, in any individual country, then great, you know? And again, like even like on the climate stuff, like Germany isn't so inclined until like very recently to cut off their supply of natural gas because it's cheap. You know, why, why would they? they? They are more concerned about nuclear power. So they shut all those down, increase natural gas and coal. Um, you know, they're going to do what they want. It doesn't matter what they agreed to, what they talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, again, like I'm not, I'm not totally dismissing like concerns about this stuff. I'm just saying, like that's that's the part we need to watch for is like the enforcement and and even stuff like I, I know like th there's a bunch of folks <laughs> screaming. Like I, I don't mind like some like climate goals that like push towards urbanization. I get like I actually I love mass transit. Like I think it's great. Oh, I I think God. more people should use it if they live in an urban center. Like I it's it's cars, great man. except for the public management of that stuff sucks. I would just like to see more of it, like in the hands of like private companies that are doing cool stuff. Like, you know, people who are experimenting with like, you know, an Uber version of a van, like that stuff's great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think we're having some internet connectivity issues. So I apologize yeah. for that, but it happens. It's the internet, the rough and tumble world of it. All right. So my video and my my like audio don't get out of sync. Like I'm just gonna keep my mouth behind my mic, so you can't actually see it anyway. I have to do it like this.
<laughs> you just leave it. Uh, anyway, you know, like I, I, I think we meant to like go down like this. I'm like, I, I appreciate it, Dave. You know, but um, you know, I, I do want I want to talk about like speaking of like the social media stuff, like the stuff that like oh, yeah, man, the, the, the the one I want to talk about was uh this one in New York State. It's a it's uh a seven eight six five. And like the summary of it is it requires social media networks in New York to provide a clear and concise policy regarding how they would respond to incidents of hateful conduct on their platform and maintain easily accessible mechanisms for reporting hateful content on these platforms. And and they go into in the details of this bill and say this this isn't gonna mess with free speech, we pretty promise, right? Like that's again, it matters like what what do you actually enforce here? Um but like they they they're now requiring these social media companies to like build mechanisms that report back to New York State. So then like they can drag some Facebook executive in front of the New York State Senate now to to grill him or her on like whether or not they're actually going after like hate hate speech effectively in accordance with New York State law. This is what it is, right? Like it's again to look like you're doing something and to create a good spectacle for that. Um and you know i i think that's that's the whole end of it but again are how are they going to in, in, enforce this uh is it going to be is it going to be helpful um you know but so it's supposed to include anyone who does business within new york state um and I think I think it's going to be kind of unenforceable. Like they all all these like state specific social media laws are kind of get shut down. Like, uh, and and the other ones are this one's more like reporting. Um, I think, yeah, but, I, don't, I don't I don't think it's going to be a resulting in no more Facebook jail. It's probably going to be resulting in more Facebook jail in New York no, State. Probably, yeah. And it's going to be like, well, we're we're sending all these folks to Facebook jail because like we've assessed that like this thing is like you know hate hateful speech or violent speech. Etc. Um, or hateful conduct, and how are they reported, and how are they supposed to, to to share stuff with law enforcement, that type of thing? Again, like to me, that's this more like law enforcement's obligation too. But um, so we'll say, like, because this could be helpful, right? If someone's on there being like saying they're gonna, you know, like uh, blow up a building or something. Okay, cool. Like, you know, we how does law enforcement get notified of that? Right. Like, the, do, do these companies have a policy in place to say, yep, yeah, we're this these types of things said on social media, we're going to report to police, which they are they are already doing. Correct. They, they are like, again, anything you say on social media, it is public. And if you say you're going to do something illegal on Facebook, Facebook and or one of your friends will report you to the cops like they absolutely will. And, and some guy made a horrible joke, like he had body armor on and he was armed and he was like did a picture of himself and he said, Hey, what's the direction to the nearest school? And guys like, look, you deserve a little bit of trouble. If you're going to be that guy, period. Like yeah. it, it, it's not a joke. It's not a hoax. It's not even funny, man. Like it's just wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, you do stuff like that. Yeah. You people are going to report you again. That, that's, that's the, the, the crazy thing about some of these shootings too, is that uh, a lot, a lot of times they did post stuff on social media and then they did tell the police and then the police like in some cases couldn't act in some cases just decided not to you know for one reason or another and you're like all right well what was supposed to happen there <laughs> yeah i don't know so i i i, I don't know but but that's one that's another one you know i, I want to <laughs> yeah 
double secret privilege. That that's another one I want to like watch closely. But I said it's it's interesting because they you know it makes very clear like they they're like uh, this doesn't um, adversely affect free speech. Uh, we promise. It's a section four of it says nothing in the section shall be construed as an obligation imposed on social media network that adversely affects the rights or freedoms of any person, such as exercising the right of free speech pursuant to the First Amendment, Boy. or add any liability. Which is they they added that in there because that's what got the Texas law in trouble and the Florida law in trouble. Like yeah. both those got shut down as unconstitutional because they said, well, if you don't regulate speech in the way that we want in this case by keeping content up no matter what then you are facing a you're you have a criminal liability and the courts are like no you can't force them to keep whatever speech up on their private platforms that they want so this is a like a cya thing for new york state to be like no 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 we promise like this isn't we're not interfering free speech don't worry about it Aren't they though? Aren't they going to? Isn't inevitably the consequence going to be that they interfere with free speech? And we yeah, because seen... that's that's what I think the next thing is right. Is they're going to say, okay, this is how you guys are doing it, and we don't think that goes far enough. And they'll start with pressure, and then if it doesn't go far enough, there's going to eventually be a law to say. I mean, they, they've made attempts at criminalizing speech and at least ostracizing people, and, and then demonizing people for their first amendment rights to assemble and their first amendment rights to question their school superintendents. And sure they've walked it back about a mile, but they're still getting sued. And they certainly went after those people awfully hard, calling them domestic terrorists and, and trying to marginalize their opinion. And, and just, just for wanting to talk about the school's behavior. So anytime we start messing with speech, it makes, it gets a lot of people going. And I think society right now, the government is responding to every single thing. And so now after the government response to COVID and the misman- mismanagement of that, people are, are, are angry, people are afraid, and people are scared that they are coming for their rights, that they're coming for everything. And and, and I don't blame them, Kevin. I got to be honest. Like, I'm concerned yeah. with it, too. Yeah. yeah. The misinformation board, guys, that's a thing they created. Like, sure, they they decreated it, but they were creating a misinformation board. Like, oh my God, man, who gets to sit on that misinformation board? It's not going to be Kevin and Tim or Dave, for Christ's sakes. It's going to be Why like, not? let's put in our know, application, Tim. It's going to be on. what's his face, that little the midget troll that's always like, oh, Reich, the fat Robert Reich. Reich. That guy is a fascist, man. Yeah. He's going to be in charge of the disinformation board. He's a nut. It's a mess, man. It's a mess. I get why people are upset. I think that there's better ways, and I think that we're putting in the effort to present better paths forward. Yeah, I mean, so we'll we'll keep, uh, you know, raising hell wherever we can, especially when, like, the mainstream media or government entities, like, are are obscuring the truth. And, you know, fortunately, like, that that happens all too often. We we got a Uh, great comment out there, Kevin, I want to put up, if you don't mind. Which one? Okay, so... This I have a feeling I know who this is, even though it came through as a Facebook user. I may not agree with you 100%, but I agree less with the two parties. I have a bullhorn voice and will speak my truth as I feel it. I used it tonight at our local city council and gave three of them three of Larry's ideas without using his name because they're mostly Democrats. Now, I think this is my friend Patricia, and basically she's having a blast. She, just, she was a, a Bernie supporter, and she's realizing that 
Well, number one, she realized that the Democrat Party trashed Bernie for no reason. Okay. And then the next thing that it, she she saw some of Larry's shows, she's been interacting with Larry a little bit, and she helped get signatures for Larry. And so there's areas where we do agree that the government creates a lot of problems that it then tries to solve, which and then in turn creates more problems. So I, I like yeah. where this is going. That's great. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, like sometimes it is a good thing not to mention like where the ideas came from. Um <laughs> And, and and again, this is nothing against like Larry and like he's great and like I you know I want to give him credit, but like if you're trying to get policy advanced, sometimes they want to be like, yeah, that's that's a great idea, and they're like, yeah, it came from a libertarian, and then they're like, oh, what? oh no, no, I can't, I can't associate with that. Like I I can't tell you how many times like when Andrew Hollister was running for city council, he was running as a Republican libertarian, um, and I would go and I'd knock on a door uh, like an independent or whatever, and like I'd tell him all of his ideas, and like wow, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds really great. Like I I love those ideas, and then they're like, what? So so he's running as a Democrat, right? I'm like no no no, well he's he's running, you know, he's running on a few lines, Republican libertarian, and they're like, oh he's he's Republican. No, no, whoa, whoa, no, no, I, I can't, I can't support any of that. I'm like, what, we just had a 15 minute conversation about how you agreed with this whole platform. Oh, yeah. But like, man. I can't vote for someone, a libertarian. Oh, I got, I'm a Democrat. I would never. And I'm like, you just agreed with him. We just, we were getting along great until I told you his party affiliation. Like, I so like, again, I, yeah. I hate to say it with some folks. Cause like, I, I want to get the party and I want to, but sometimes like, you just talk to especially people in a, a a position of making a decision like like actually like on a city council or town board or whatever just give them the idea sometimes just talk to them about the idea and they might they might like go along with it until you tell them like tell them after it gets passed oh yeah by the way this came from larry sharp the libertarian candidate for governor i i don't want to say which which republican candidate for governor started talking about Grant the school money following the kids to build better schools, especially in urban communities. But but one of them is talking about it. And look, that is a good idea, no matter who presents it. It's it's a, an absolute reality. I, I had a great conversation with a, a local guy that would have been in my district at one point who is running as a Democrat. Right. And he's running as a Democrat. He was passing an independent petition. And we talked for about 45 minutes. And honestly, there was a couple slivers of paper in between our views, but he's a reasonable, rational guy. I know that they're out there. And and people like Patricia, I mean, we can realize that the government creates problems and that one of the ways to fix those problems is to eviscerate the government. <laughs> That's part of it. That's what but, I'm saying. Yeah. Just get the government, uh, you know, out of the way or, you know, shift that function elsewhere. Dude, can... Just I, can't we like put them in a room and let them fight amongst themselves? Like just give them a pile of toys and like whoever ends up with the most toys wins and then leave everybody else alone. Bold plan. And there's time for a bottle. I like that comment. I like Judge Napolitano. He's a pretty good guy. He calls himself a libertarian. I think he's more of like a conservative, right? Yeah, he, you know, kind of conservatarian type of guy. Like, yeah, Which is kind of how but, I got here. I'm kind of a conservative. Yeah. No, I, I like Judge Nap on a lot of stuff. You know, I, I haven't seen what he's up to lately since he, he's been on Fox Business. I haven't paid, paid as much attention to him. 
Fortunately, who's paying attention with the, what the stock market's doing? Who's paying attention to any of that stuff? I don't know, man. I want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is an endorsement for my cage match idea for our boss. Just give them a pile of toys and whoever ends up with the most toys. Because that's who they are, man. They're the most aggressive amongst us. They're not the nicest. They're not the most virtuous. They're simply, and they're not the most attractive in many cases. They are simply the most aggressive. That's it. You're Plus starting to add homonyms now. I not know. only not only are you mean, not only are you stupid, you're ugly too. It's Normally all, I'm better all. than that, but sometimes, Kevin, you know, I just gotta I just gotta let it fly. Sometimes I'm better than that, not always. <laughs> I do like the idea of a cage match. That would be pretty good. Well, what else was I gonna talk about? Uh, you know, uh let's see. I mean, uh other other legislation. What what do you think about like the expanded like red flag law stuff? Okay, well, red flag laws didn't work, so what they're going to do is give us more red flag laws. Like, I yeah. feel as though we we've reached this thing where every single situation has to be like virtue signaled on. So, red more red flag laws. Okay, well, they didn't work in the first place. Yeah. So, how is more red flag laws going to work? Like. Can we report this kid more often? Like, can we confront this kid more often and then still? Yeah. So like, so like in Buffalo, right? Like, so what, and you know, we'll, we'll see what comes out at the actual trial, right? Like, so what the, uh, the state police said is we, it, the, the red flag law couldn't apply to like the mental health detention that he had had. Right. Like there, there wasn't anyone who were like, who had used that red flag system to specifically report him in who is eligible to do so and what this expands it says that uh healthcare practitioners who've examined someone within the last six months um you know who meets a certain set of criteria uh would be able to file an extreme risk protection order petition um and then that information would get stare, uh, shared with uh police uh district attorneys uh and then they would have to go to a judge to get uh you know, a, a extreme risk protection order um, to see someone's firearms or prevent them for a, a limited period of time from getting uh, a, a gun. Yeah. What do you think about raising the, and so again, I, I don't mean to just, I was going to jump subjects on you. I know that I do that. So let's, yeah, just avoid the question, Tim. Just Typical, the like a politician, man. That's I know, man. So when we get to the red flag, laws, we're, we're kind of, as a society, they don't, they don't seem to work. What they've been used to do is punish people for getting into an argument, like with their ex-wife or with their soon to be ex-wife and, and the police go and seize their property. And, and, there hasn't been one case, I think, of someone being charged with red flag laws. The police use it as a an enticement, right, or a, a leverage. So, like, let's get this guy on, you know, having a, an ounce of weed, okay? But let's tell him because he has guns and he's a threat, and we're going to hit him with red flag laws, too, and he's never going to own a gun again. But the ounce of weed is just a misdemeanor, and we won't take all of his guns. Let's get him to just... so. What is it called? Where prosecutors raise the uh, charges and to get the, the guy to admit being guilty to something lesser. Yeah. I mean, so like that, that's where like protections need to be in. Right. Like, cause again, like I, I kind of get the idea of, okay, if there's someone who's like threatening to do an immediate act of violence. Right. But it it's not a threat that is 
immediately actionable, like in the sense of like they are they're threatening that violence and you can go and arrest someone for that thing. But it is like worrying enough that the police want to do an investigation and prevent that person from being able to use guns that they have to carry out that act of violence. Like I get that idea in theory. But to your point, right, like where where do the protections come in for abuse? Right. Like so. So, for instance, right, like if if someone knows that um, a, a woman so let's say a stalker knows that a woman uh, has a gun to protect herself from that individual, right? Like that, that woman bought a gun because they're worried about their safety. And then a extreme risk protection order uh, petition was filed against that woman in order to lessen her ability to defend herself from that individual, right? Like right. that type of stuff like needs to be protected against because, you know, again, that, that could be, that could be literally killing that woman. Right. Like that, that's the type of stuff that like progressives don't think about when, when they're putting Ever. this stuff up. Right. Like what about like those those types of domestic violence situations? They think of the other side. Right. Like we need to take away the guns from like this abusive spouse, you know, because like that abusive spouse might hurt their family. OK. Right. But like there's there's another side to that, too. So having that protection in place to protect the rights of individuals to defend themselves from potentially dangerous people in their lives matters, because, as we know, in Castle Rock v. Gonzalez, the police ain't going to enforce those uh, um, we call them uh, restraining orders. Right. Yeah. They're not. They don't, they, they don't have to. They, they might not. You know, maybe they will, but they might not. Too, you know, they, 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 they you know, that, again, what happened in that case is the husband kidnapped their children, killed all three of them, and then died in a shootout with the police because the police didn't bother enforcing when this woman was desperately calling to try to get help enforcing a uh, restraining order. That, so that's the other side again. Again, guns can be used for protection too. Correct, and, and there, there is a certain amount of risk inherent in society. I feel comfortable with most people I know owning weapons and being prepared to defend themselves. So they, yeah. we, we have to be able to do it to take it away is crazy. Yeah. Again. And, and, and you know, so I, I talked about this cause you'd asked about like the, the raising age of 21 thing, which might Joe Biden just gave a speech this evening too, talking about doing that. Um, which, so I, I don't, I haven't, I, I didn't watch that cause I took a nap immediately so before if, the show instead of like, studying yeah. but we can't with a clear conscience raise the the age to buy guns to 21 and lower the voting age to 16 can we like that's that's the other way they'll go like this is the 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 two sides of the same coin it's obvious to me that there's a right here that we're talking about and whether it should be granted when people are older and more mature or not and they've got to go hand in hand yeah I, right well again you, you have like that conflict there okay someone's mature enough to vote at 16 they're mature enough to join the military at 18 but they can't own a gun until they're 21 years old that's going to disappoint so many neocon warhawks and neoliberal war warmongers like yeah, going right. to be so sad yeah like yeah like to me i i would appreciate some level of consistency on it right like okay like your 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 brain's not fully formed yet like we've decided that as a society you don't get full adult rights until 21 Okay, let's 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 do that then. I, I don't agree with that. Like, but like you can't drink until you're 21, and you can't own guns until you're 21, but you can join the military and you can vote. Like you, you can, you know, use your voice to take away my rights, but like you can't exercise your own right. I, there's why? there's there's some serious problems. I I don't know. I, I, I I'm scratching my head a lot lately, and I'm I'm 
let's let's uh let's see if we can segue out of this into something a little bit more fun. We've got maybe we normally do a little bit of fake news. We do a little bit of making fun of the mainstream media, and I, I'd like to, if you don't mind, shift the conversation to that. Does that work for you, Tim? It's wherever you want, man. Like this is this is our time. All right. So look, I, mine's going to be a kind of wild one here, but people are getting really concerned about a lot of food processing plants are going up in smoke. Okay. They're, they're like having these disasters that may be slowing down their production. A, a, a small plane crashed at a, a food processing facility out. in I think it starts with a W maybe Wyoming, something like that. Um, but luckily Reuters is on the job, Kevin, they're fact checking these, uh, they, they fact-checked this food processing plant fires in 2022 are not part of a conspiracy to trigger U.S. food shortages. So what they did was do a really, really nice job, all right, explaining that fires occur pretty regularly at uh, food processing places, okay? Yeah. And, guys, I'm going to post a link to the, um, the fact-check because if you guys are like me, there's always this issue with – with fact checks and so what they say and what they don't say leaves me concerned so basically we're facing this period of of massive inflation that's that's a fact like there's a, a supply shock inflation on gas which causes a supply shock pricing on food supplies and, and so what we're looking at is um we they, they refer to a quote uh, a tweet by charlie kirk food processing processing plants don't just accidentally burn down at this rate and they certainly don't coincidentally become landing plat pads for plane crashes at the rate that they are which guys it was only one plane crash um so charlie kirk is is basically saying our food supply is under attack in america the question is by who where reuter says is it's not under attack by anyone. these things are normal occurrences that seem to be happening slightly more often now what might concern me about their fact check, Kevin? Um, I mean, I, I'm sure any number of things because that the, these fact checks tend to leave stuff out. I know. All right. So they're they're we they they debunked the claim that there's a a war on our food processing plants, right? But they didn't debunk the claim that these these incidences could lead to food shortages or at least like the war in Ukraine and, and Russia could very much lead to a few uh, real food shortages. The, the yeah. people, and people are seeing this eight, 9% inflation on their food supplies and they're actually already experiencing some sort of food shortage, right? Because they can no longer buy as much food as they could before for the same amount of money. So the food shortages in a way already happening thanks to inflation. If it gets worse, it is going to be uh it's pretty scary times. And yeah, this happened. Uh, the biggest egg supplier in the country burned right to the ground. That was a big one. So, yeah. and that one might have been arson, actually. So, I mean, all right. So, so here, here's because you and I kind of talked about this before the show, right? Like, so there, there's two, two aspects of the story. So, one is that <coughs> you start to see patterns when you like look for patterns. And by that, I mean, all right, you know how like every every couple years uh, there's a story about like, oh, massive like bird death happens, right? Like a whole bunch of birds just suddenly died out of nowhere. And isn't that weird? And then we see like three or four stories like that. Yeah, that type of stuff happens like all the time, like just constantly. 
And then like people will suddenly like pick up. I hope he comes back, guys. So we lost Kevin. We lost yeah, him mid sentence. Yeah, I know. So okay. uh, there, there are a lot of fires that happen in food processing plants. I say, you know that, and and like the, not not that this is a comforting thing to say, but like the the National uh, Fire Protection Association says nothing to see here, uh, but exactly. the, but which you know like is a, a terrible exactly. phrase to use. Like you say that, and people are immediately like. Oh, something's up. If, like, if the government tells me it's not a problem, to see here. It's literally right, a I'm gonna look into problem, this now. <laughs> but but I mean, this is a private organization. It's just about fire prevention. But they're like, look, there there are a lot of like industrial fires like every year. Most of these fires are small and don't like actually limit production. Um, and then there's like a handful that that are, you know, a big deal. And then like, yeah, the plane crash thing is weird. Uh, and I know there's there's a couple of fires, but like. These things, like, if you look back in the record, like, these things do happen, like, kind of all the time. It's just that we're paying attention to it now. The other thing, though, is to keep in mind, like, on, like, the, the food supply chain side, right? Again, we talked about this with, like, the baby formula thing. We have a very fragile uh, supply chain system in the United States. Part of that is because of policy that concentrates like producers into a, a limited number of people. So when there's a domestic supply shock, like a single plant like that might be processing a huge amount of a single product like baby formula, like chicken, like, you know, like anything else because of policies that have intentionally done that to keep stuff produced in the United States, we run into issues. Again, we don't have that robust duplicative network of, of of food supply that would make it easier to weather these shocks yeah, uh, so it, it is an actual problem you know and it was created by policy like oftentimes meant as protectionism or cronyism and and that's the type of stuff that we we legitimately should undo because our food supply system is vulnerable in some yeah. cases because we over concentrated it in a handful of places. I do my best to decentralize my own food supply. All right. I buy food from my neighbors. I buy, I buy beef from farmers, local farmers. That's my big one. Now, occasionally like I got to buy like sausage in the store because sausage is just better in the store, but I don't rely on the Walmarts and the, the price shoppers of the world for my, my, major sources of protein and there's a real reason for it if we handle this effectively if we trade with our neighbors they're going to be healthier you're going to be healthier and i'm telling you guys that the beef is better it, it, it has less grain so therefore has less sugar in it it tastes better i feel better after i eat it so just it this is a plug for your local farmer guys get out there find a guy that's growing some eggs Go find somebody that's growing some beef. Just develop a relationship with them. You'll be amazed, man. You'll you'll make yeah. out good. And I think a no, lot so of listen, like if that. you have a neighbor who has like you know ten chickens or whatever, they have too many eggs. They will give you so many eggs if you talk to them most of the time. They 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 have too much. They they're like, oh, what do I what do I do with them all now? That 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 was my dad for a while. Uh, you know, he's, chicken yeah. and duck eggs. Like every time we'd go to visit, he's like, "Yeah, here's like a couple dozen of them. <laughs> we we got too much." Uh, yeah, if somebody has twenty chickens or ten chickens, even ten chickens, they have so many eggs, they literally don't know what to do with them all. Like, they, so they will bring them to you. They will give them to you for free. But still, if you got a kid down the road that has like four chickens and he wants to sell you a dozen eggs, get those gay eggs and eat them. They're yeah. they're cleaner and healthier, guys, than what you're getting from a store. Okay, like maybe not cleaner, cleaner, but like clean them before you eat them. 
Well, well that's fine. what you spoke like again. People who've only bought eggs in the store, they don't really, like you, you shouldn't clean the eggs. You can leave them unrefrigerated because they have a lot like a coating on them that will like they'll keep them good for like a while. Yeah. Right? Like, but you and then you just clean them right before you're 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 about to eat them. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's 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 my big kind of fakeish news thing. I, I did see something pretty kind of crazy on TikTok, Kevin, that points at this this thing where uh, the algorithmic kind of advertising. So, like, let's say I, I watched this TikTok about a guy who said, look, I got confronted by this flat earth guy. He wanted to stab me with a knife because he wanted the microphone at this this meeting that we had. And he's like, I talked him into having a conversation with me and he explained to me what had been going on. Like everywhere this guy looked. All she could find was facts backing up the notion that the earth is flat. Now, I don't know where you come down on the side of the flat earth or the round earth, but I'm a flat earther, guys. I just want everyone to know that. Just kidding. I I just don't get mad over the. I think the conversation is hilarious. Like, let's have that conversation. If you're getting mad at somebody that's saying the earth is flat or if you're getting mad at somebody that's saying the earth is round, you're actually both kind of part of the problem. Like, just take a chill and enjoy the philosophical debate that could go on there and the, the learning from each other and the thought processes. To me, nobody has either any real proof. You read some stuff in a textbook, you read some stuff in a, a hidden kind of like biography of some famous guy who proved the earth was flat. All that stuff is fine by me. You and I only have what's been taught to us for our basis. That's it. So anyways, you get trapped in this wormhole of algorithmic reproduction where they're trying to sell you stuff, right? And so if you engage with a video, they think they can sell you more stuff. So if you engage with flat earth videos, just for example, or conspiracy theory videos, guess what's going to show up in your feed every single time you go to Facebook or every single time you search for something on YouTube, it's always going to be there. And so you well, get that, that's what, that's what uh, like progressives are accusing YouTube of doing. Cause they're like, Oh yeah. You like, you guys are churning out conspiracy theorists because if you see one video, you're going to see a bunch more. Although I saw a hilarious uh, TikTok by the onion today where uh, it said like, we're now resetting your feed to lizards. It's just going to be all lizards all the time. This is a whole video about lizards. And so like now that that's all you're going to see. This is your new world now, <laughs> which sometimes it does seem that way. Like you watch like one thing and you're like, huh, that was weird. Uh, I don't need to see any more of that. And it's like 30 videos in a row of that same thing. Like, Oh my God, I'm never, I can't, I can't get out of this algorithmic hole now. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's, I mean, that's one of the things like I've, I've made jokes about our like computer programming. Are we programming computers or are computers actually programming us? Because when I take a look at the duopoly and I take a look at the either or kind of nature of everything, it's like, well, it's either zero or a one. It's a zero or a one. It's a zero or one. That's all you can choose. And so that's how we get to the conclusion is by choosing a process of zeros and ones. And, and so I think that some of this, this quagmire that we've been caught up in in the political world, this either or, it's either this or it's either that is in part because of social media and the way that social media causes us to interact. I don't know. I'm probably crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's part of it, right? Again, I, <laughs> I am part crazy. Well, I, I, no, well, no, I mean, uh, also that, um, <laughs> you know, you gotta say that, but you know, uh, but, but no, there, there's a, I did that interview with a, a, a guy named uh, Sahar uh, Masachi, who is, he, he just founded this thing called the integrity Institute. He had a, uh, he had, uh, worked at Facebook for a while, and he kind of talked about like how some of like the, the algorithms like drive conflict 
too. It's like, you know, it, it's not like some like set in stone thing of like, this is just like how, how social media works. Like these are conscious choices of programmers to decide, like, this is how, like we decide what more, what type of content to serve you in order to, in theory, get you to do whatever that thing is, right? Whether it's to engage more, to sell more ads, to keep you on the platform longer, whatever, right? Correct. Like they, they make decisions about like how to decide how the how the the program decides what to show you more of, right? And he and his point is like, well, we can make different decisions that lead to like healthier outcomes because like this isn't some inherent thing. Like nothing is, you know, built in stone. Like search engines, social media platforms, whatever. Like there's a human hand in in deciding what that is. So uh, you could make yeah. different choices. And and, and his. His whole thing, like of, of the Integrity Institute, you should check out the episode if you haven't uh, recently. It's it's a uh, it's it's to get people to get companies to be both transparent about that process and proactive about healthier goals that are beyond just ad revenue. Um, which money makes the world go round, Kevin. It does, though. Yeah. You know, again, like part of it's like, like yeah, but like that's my job. So <laughs> 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 ads. Um. So, look, we got a comment from Dave out there, and I just want to, no matter how many people Buzz Aldrin punches in the face, he has not proven <laughs> that he was on the moon. Like, that's a reality. I don't was care he, was what he? Oh, well, okay, so, so like you mentioned, like, all right, like, there, there's no, like, actual proof. I'm like, there's there's physical proof that the, the Earth's round that we can see from here, right? Like, we've known it for mm -hmm. thousands of years, right? Like, based on, like, shadows and positioning, things like that. Um but like one that like one of the interesting things about like the flat earth documentary that was on Netflix is like people want to be able to like see physically for themselves. Like they see the horizon looks flat to them. So like therefore the earth's flat and like or like what what would it take? Like do you need to like physically go into space? Like when when SpaceX is finally offering tourist rides for like 300 bucks a pop, are you going to be like, yeah, you know, like I'm going to go see if the earth's like really round or not. Right. But then you still have to deal with the fact that you see basically it just from a distance, everything is two dimensional. So I'm not sure. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, don't like, know. Although I get the feeling like if like SpaceX or like NASA or whoever, like launched a bunch of flat earthers into like in the space and like, hey, look, look, it's round. And, and a bunch of them be like, no, those are probably screens. They, so that's not or or they would say no you've only proved that it's flat like look i can see from here right out this window it looks flat yeah. from here what are you talking about um yeah let's say like <laughs> it might be it might be that i don't know now this this is this this is something that i have has not been adequately debunked so i'm skeptical the van allen radiation belt is something that's real that surrounds the earth that human life is supposedly not able to pass through but I don't even know if the Van Allen radiation belt exists, to be honest. I'm not 100% sure that the moon exists. So, like, that's the... the could be up there just made of cheese. Just a light, you know. This... It, it could be anything, man. I mean, there's a certain amount of work that goes into proving these positions that I respect, that I've read. But still... Yeah, you don't believe, like, you, you can, like, you can bounce a laser off the moon. Like, you can go to a lab and, like, you can, you know measure it okay so that would be empirical evidence that i might enjoy experiencing and it may yeah. it may prove something to me so i would buy i i get it right but Gonna i'm just launch saying him to the moon <laughs> from that. from where everyone sits like getting mad i guess my point was more about getting mad with people mad at people who are saying the earth is flat or the earth is round and then having an anger issue out of it from yeah, where yeah. most people sit 
they don't have proof of either. At some point in their lives, they, they took a leap of faith, whether right. it be a leap of faith in, in science and the books that they were taught or a leap of faith in the Bible and hidden manuscripts about how someone has proved that the earth is but, flat. That to me is in, more interesting, like that we get mad at each other over these. Was it well, like again? But but some of these assertions are scientifically provable, right? Like you could go out and find that evidence, right? Like I'm not going to go out and like find all the evidence of every single scientific thing. Like at some point in time, I've got to get on with my life and like not yeah. do that, right? That's the leap like, of faith that I'm talking about. Like I, I like my my computer is like a magic rock that lets me talk to strangers around the world. And I know I am talking to you. Like I'm assuming Tim, that you are a real person I am. Um, and, and not just a computer simulation, but like it, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's a magic rock that like allows me to use the internet. And I know like the application of its use, but I don't know actually how computers work. You can go talk to Andrew Hollister about that stuff. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's magic to me, it's, but it's, like it, I plug it. I in, have man. to take his word for it at some point in time. I, I have changed components in my computer just for yeah. fun, like just to see if I could. And guys, I can because here I am. Yeah. <laughs> but like the point is like some of the some of this is like some of this is scientifically provable, right? We can't like just say like, well, that's your leap of faith and you're just believing one group and I'm believing another group and those are equally valid. Like, no, like it, if we if we say that, then everything's relative, and like our ideology is relative, and science is relative. Like it's not it's not like there are provable things out there too. So like because I I sometimes I do get frustrated with like flat earth flat earther types or like conspiracy types because like well okay listen like X Y and Z is like not provable or demonstrably false, and like that should matter. Right, I get it. No, I, I get what you're saying. I just, the, I think that I, I get frustration because you've experienced certain things that, that have proven you empirically, right? So that puts you at a different level of understanding than the average two guys at work that are arguing over flat earth, round earth, okay? So that, it, I don't know. Like, frustration is one thing. Anger and hostility is, is, is something else, right? Right, right. I mean, it is like I'm not... I'm not usually gonna get all that mad unless like someone's threatening to stab me over it, you know. Like, which if they is, do that, I'm gonna get mad at him. Like, the hey, TikTok was pretty compelling, is, man. That's this, a little bit too far, friend. We've all met people that are that passionate. Well, that have become obsessed with with a bad idea, right? That yeah, they want to. We've all met them. We we have them in our lives, and and they they come and go. Some of them are get obsessed and get unobsessed and never get obsessed again. Some will get obsessed get re-obsessed, get re-obsessed. And no matter what you do, you can't dissuade them from that obsessive part of their personality. And, and then they eventually all become politicians. What? <laughs> we're starter podcast, at least. Yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a fun quote. Mark Twain, apparently. Truth is stranger than fiction, but it's because fiction is obliged to stick to possibilities. Truth isn't. Sometimes that's the case. That's Weird. actually a pretty cool quote, right? That's that's one that is not mainstream Mark Twain, but that is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. But um, here's here's a, a monkey keyboard swap. I know, Brian. I know, but I did it. I did it myself. And I even got the thermal paste and I put in a new chip. I did all that stuff, man. I'm like, honestly, I could build a computer from, I don't know, other computers. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. So I. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Like if something like hardware hardware wise goes wrong in my computer, I'm just like, all right, I need to find the computer wizards like so they can do, I assume some sort of seance to like get my computer back to life. 
I think they, 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 was it burn sage? They clean the air. <laughs> that computer comes back to you and it's happy. It, it just, it's just, it's just some vibes. That's whatever all. they do, whatever they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, like just get my computer. Work. Like, again, I, I'm not, I'm not like a stupid guy. Right. Like, and it, like application wise, like you talked to me about like analytics tracking on the website. Like I can go like deep into how that works and why it works and like how to set it up properly to like run your e-commerce business. But like, yeah, actually there's certain stuff like you just, you just can't be an expert on, on everything. And I'm not going to try. But. I got a question from Twitter. Is there anything lonelier than being a libertarian in New York? And basically, Kevin and I are both libertarians. So obviously there is. There's people that are all by themselves. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the libertarian uh, national convention? <laughs> or should we, should we yeah, let people explore our dirty laundry on their own? Yeah, I know. Like that. That's something like because, you know, we, we talked about a little bit like I. I haven't talked about it much on like the show. I, I never listen like you folks listening online. Like you, you, you'll, uh, I'll let you know. See, I don't talk libertarian politics most of the time, like, like party politics on the show, because most of the time I find it like cringy and unhelpful. Right. It because is if, I, if, if I, if I talk about it on, on WYSL, like to the audiences that are listening there who know nothing about the libertarian party, most of the time they're going to be like, Huh. Wow. That's stupid. I'm going to continue voting Republican. Right. Like that's like it that is not helpful to like talk about that stuff in front of that audience a lot of times. Right. Um. You know, and, and again, if I have something good to share, ideas to share, I keep it focused on that. I talk about like Larry's campaigns too, individual sure. campaigns. But like most of the time I can talk about it. like I'll talk about it a little bit here because, you know, I, I have some concerns about like the direction the party's going. Um. You know, yeah. after the national convention, um, you know, because right, you you want to go, you you go ahead and you tell. You, I'll put it. I'll put it on you first. Like, <laughs> like I'll put it on you like this. I have been so disappointed with their messaging and some of the ways that they pick candidates and some of the ways that, well, especially their messaging and the way that they pick candidates. Um, I just been disappointed. So. We just saw a big change. I think a lot of other people are now disappointed, and I, I, I don't want that to be the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I could be disappointed in both. <laughs> <laughs> it can be both. It can be both. Yeah, you know. So, like, okay, so a lot of people like who who are in like the Mises Caucus, um, and they are, you know, some of them are motivated by folks like Bill Weld, right? Like, and again. 20 2016 i was there at the national convention in 2016 i i support austin peterson in that can uh that initially uh, sure. i like gary johnson i think he's a good guy and then gary johnson was like he he figured his gamble was okay if we get two governors on the ticket that's going to give us enough legitimacy to get to debates and to start taking a few states right like that's that's right. the gamble that he made and i i get why he did that right like it doesn't like bottom of the ticket like doesn't usually like carry enough thunder to like really even matter in most cases right right, right. so yeah. that's 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 kind of what he's getting but 
the thing is, Bill Weld is is is, is an establishment guy. He got a lot he of media is. attention. A bunch of people, like I got straight up asked when I was on like local talk shows, like, well, why isn't Bill Weld at the top of the ticket? He seems more serious. I'm like, because well, he sucks as a libertarian. I can't say that, you know. Right, show. you couldn't say that because um, you can't be honest when you're a politician, for God's sake. Yeah, that, yeah, that guy. Been... Yeah, they they Bill, yeah, ex governor from Massachusetts. That guy, yeah, he was he was uh, Larry Sharp or Larry Sharp. He was um. Uh, Gary Johnson's vice presidential candidate in, in 2016. Sure. And, and like, honestly, like my, my, my theory with him is that he, Bill Weld, I think joined this and kind of let the mask slip a little bit. I think he joined the race because he thought he was Gary Johnson would split votes from Republicans and that would stop Donald Trump from getting elected. But, you know, and, and like and when I say he let the mask slip and why a bunch of people in the party were super mad at him is he got on like MSNBC and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm here to vouch for Hillary. And like it basically it talked about like why you should like vote for her strategically in certain places. And oh. yeah, and like and everyone's like, Whoa. what the hell, man? What the uh, and you look, know, like me... it, when, when when someone asks you, because like everyone loves to do this libertarian, when someone asks you, like, well, if you have to choose between you know, voting for a Republican or Democrat in this race, and you're like, oh no, I vote third party, like, oh, but but if you had to choose, gun to your head, you know who had the right answer to that question? Gary Johnson. Johnson, because he said, yeah, gun to my head, I have to choose between Trump or Hillary. You know, what I'm gonna say, pull the trigger. That pull? that like, what a great line. It is a great line. It is. It is. Uh, they. Yeah, yeah. Well, it got a lot. A lot of people liked him as as, as governor. Like, it, it's not a. Yeah. Like, a, as a Republican governor in the nineties, like he was kind of libertarian relative to the country as a whole. Um, you like the the and and I. There's a few things like I disagreed with him. He was a little bit more aggressive foreign policy wise, uh, yeah. than uh a lot of libertarians liked or were comfortable with. And a lot of people were mad about that, understandably so. Um, he's like part of the Council of Foreign Relations, uh, who who advocate like a more interventionist policy. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he was better on other issues, and he tried to become more libertarian when he was thinking about running in twenty twenty two. He showed up at the like the the New York State Libertarian Party convention, um, <coughs> stuff like that in like 2018, 2019. Um, he, he was he was a little bit squishy on guns. Uh, yeah. But but anyway, so like that motivated a bunch of people to do that. And then like in, in 2020, like some folks were upset with Joe Jorgensen for some legitimate reasons. Like she's just, you know, she, she's great on some issues. She's not as good at explaining, I think, to a general audience, libertarian principles and on other things, too. Uh, some people got mad about like her statements on like Black Lives Matter. Like, you know, she said it's that not enough to be against racism. You have to be media messaging, man. I, like that one, I was like, meh, whatever. Like, I didn't I didn't care yeah. about that. But like some people, like that was their rallying cry. They're so mad about that stuff. They right? were. They were. And, and that translates to 2022. You know, some of these Mises Caucus folks are, are getting elected. Uh, and like the first thing they did, first thing they did is they take our power platform that says, uh, we condemn bigotry as irrational and repugnant. And when they said like why they wanted to do that, uh, they said, because, well, some people are, and I'm paraphrasing here, but, but essentially some folks aren't um, motivated to join the party because of statements like that. I Right. But not because they're bigots, but because the world just has enough of wokeness. They've had enough of it. Like, yeah, yeah, like the, I like 
uh, some perspective I, here. I'll Most condemn, of- I'll condemn bigotry as irrational and republic repugnant as I have one million times because I believe it and I live it. But to to make it a virtue signaling shout out, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying perhaps that's why. And now we're losing Kevin. Good, because he's probably yelling at me. (laughs) Kevin, come back. All right, there it is. There you are. Sorry, just had to rage quit the show for a second. I was like, oh, no, he's yelling at me. (laughs) No, no, no. Press that. That's good. (laughs) Um. No, all right. Like, I think people get so twisted up by woke politics, like because they're like, oh, they like the, the left is always talking about this stuff, blah, 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 that you can't it, it gets people to not be able to say that bad things are bad sometimes because like, well, I don't want to look like a leftist. I'm sick of the left talking about how everything's white supremacy and like, you know. So, like, if I if the left is talking about how bigotry is bad and they're defining it this way, then we can't talk about this. If we look like, like listen. It's okay to say bad things are bad. Like white supremacy yeah, is bad. It's a bad thing. Bigotry is bad. It is irrational and repugnant. And like I the type of people who would not join the party because that phrase existed in 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 the platform, I don't know if I want them in the party. Like if that was I, the I, thing holding you back, like I, I think that that's I think those that, people suck. I think that we're not agreeing as to what the real issue was as to why why and again i don't know why because what i have but, like the, the exact quote from the strategy doc said they're appealing to a wider liberty movement that is largely not currently with us that movement strongly rejects wokeism and the word games associated with it oh well that's, i didn't even read that and i knew that that's what i said but i said it like smoother for people so that people can understand it yeah so <laughs> i should be I on the know. communications team for that that's yeah um but yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so like they, they did that. They did the abortion plank thing, which like I, I'm I'm generally pro-choice, but like I, I am less mad about that one. Like I, I get that that is a thing that goes back and forth I, sometimes in the party. I feel like the the abortion debate is well covered by the other two parties constantly threatening to point guns at each other over it. I don't know that it needs to be one of our main focuses. OK, like I. I want libertarians to represent their people. And if their people want them to be somewhat anti-abortion or whatever, or they want them to be somewhat pro-choice, I get it. I mean, I still think we failed as a society to answer a question that we, to make a, a, a solid agreement. Yeah. And, oh, and it, so I, I thought the platform like kind of did that well. Like it, it left room for pro-life libertarians. If like I, that. I didn't not like the platform when I was like, I, I it wasn't yeah. the worst platform I'd ever seen. It was fair. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't get put in. Um, maybe again, again, well, I'm yeah, going they, through they, my view that the Republicans and the Democrats are are pointing guns at threatening to point guns at each other over abortion all the time. Yeah. Do and, and actually, so uh, I, I do want to competitive market. Yeah. So okay, I, I I'm less mad about that. And I do want to like because I know someone's gonna like say it if they listen to this. They they did replace part of platform. This is Spike Cohen's like a uh, compromise. Uh, language they replace the we condemn bigotry as a rational opponent with we uphold and defend the rights of every person regardless of the race ethnicity or other aspect or identity which by itself i, I don't mind like i i, yeah. I kind of like that that language um i i'm more 
I, I more don't like that. Like that, that wasn't the original plan. The plan was to do this to attract people into the party who had a problem with that language. And to me, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, again, I, I'm weirded out by like anyone like that, where yeah. that was the, the factor holding them back. And, and you can't get so twisted up by wokeness that like you let, you let the left define your perspective on like what, actual evil is too right again like i, I know the, the the hyper woke folks like abuse some of these terms like i understand that and it drives me like we talk about it on the show all the time like and make fun of it and like we do we do we absolutely know, do. it's great like it, like the, the, these folks are like goofy and like the the stuff they they try to push in school sometimes is like out there and like I, i'm sick of that stuff too but like again you can't get so twisted up by that that you're like being uh, contrarian right we're just like well if the left is saying this and i'm gonna do the opposite like no 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 don't you don't need to do the opposite of that either mm. like it's right we are contrarian by stepping outside of those arguments and offering better solutions that's yeah. that's what i feel is contrarian so i do want to twist this around because we we talked about our 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 dumpster fire this ongoing dumpster fire i will say that i forgot to bring it but we're gonna next show or we, we have some fire going on in the LPNY communication department. And the LPNY just achieved a monumental, an absolutely monumental task. We overcame a hurdle thrown in front of us by the ever-increasing authoritarian state of the state of New York State. So, off to you. I'm handing it off to you. Even yeah. though I no, no. Uh, like totally incredible the are you talking about uh the petition thing yeah oh yeah so getting oh, yeah. getting candidates on the ballot you, they need forty-five thousand signatures they turned in well of excess of fifty thousand signatures so like congratulations to you know larry sharp's team especially but i know uh other candidates uh like tom queter were also out collecting signatures too uh congratulations to, to all you guys now you got to survive like the challenge it's not it's not done yet it's not done yet it's not, not done yet no, um but, but like it is just a huge amount of work and, you know, so proud of all the volunteers who like got out there and did to, to try to give us, you know, another I, choice. I, in I almost got to kind of give an apology out because there were so many more people were willing to sign than I was able to get to physically myself. I did very well, but like we're limited because we're not the big party, right? We're not the big two big parties with deep campaign coffers whose whose operative operations are. What we do is get you on the ballot if you pay us money, right? So they then have teams of paid petitioners go around and collect signatures at events designed to collect signatures. The libertarians kind of had to do it themselves, go out there, get a bunch of signatures. I'm not saying we didn't have a paid petitioner or two. We did. But without the grassroots onesies, twosies, tens and twenties, and even some guys, volunteer guys got a thousand, two hundred, you know, like... Without that, we would have never gotten there. We put Larry's name in front of over 55,000 people, over 50,000 people. We put Queter's name in over 50,000 people. Sean Hayes, Andrew Hollister, and William K. Schmidt. We put their name. We got people to sign for them. And it was a huge success. Big, big, big feather in the cap for Cody Anderson, who paid the price of working nonstop, almost constantly, that whole weekend and probably the whole week before where he was just every moment was going over paperwork and, and bundling and correlating and make, you got to make yeah. books out of these things, you, you know, like it's like, you know, man, and, 
and then they volumes and yeah. yep. Then they're going to take Republican and Democrat interns are going to go over them with a fine tooth comb, scrubbing out signatures and trying to get just enough to keep us off the ballot. And that's what they're going to do. And if they do it, they're going to be proud of themselves. And I don't think they should be. Yeah, they, it, it's it's baloney. No, I understand. And, you know, there's 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 a chance I'll have because I've seen that happen to, to good candidates who date the Republicans uh, or Democrats put in effort often at like a huge expense in some cases to just yeah. eliminate one more choice for a candidate. You know, again, like I'm, Larry Sharp might do well, but in some cases it's like for a candidate who like is probably only going to get a small percentage of the vote anyway. But yeah. like, gosh, they're so scared by that. By, by people thinking about having other choices that they're willing to, to throw a bunch of money at giving their voters one less choice. In, I was in one of those guys they managed to keep off the ballot with their little trickery yeah. and their tomfoolery. Only be, and literally, guys, by writing my, at my own address that I've lived at for 22 years, that I put my blood, sweat, and tears, I've got my mail every single day at the same address. I wrote my own address, be, but that was my mailing address. So I misidentified myself, according yeah. to the uh, New York Board of Elections. It's the worst. And I went up there and I'm like, this is me. I'm correcting it. They're like, that. No. that's not what that means. I'm like, no. what do you mean that's not what that means? I'm here. I'll fix it. I will write Milford on my petitions. Nope, that's not what that means. I'm like, well, what does it mean then? And they're like, I don't know, but that's not what it means. I swear. And then they gave me this yeah. big, huge book like this. And it was probably cost 200 bucks to get this thing printed. So I, I have the the election laws of New York State in a book, which is. Oh, boy. I am going to burn in a fire. <laughs> just to prove you it get it all. It's all changed anyway. It doesn't even. I know. They gave me the, it was it was a really nice book. I was really happy. It was my big trophy. Yeah. But I did still manage to get some votes, and I made some noise, and and so, yeah, I, as as I have continued to do, so yeah, so uh, well, so so on that on that note though, like about like the uh, the state party thing, like I'm not, I haven't left the Libertarian Party. I'm, I'm a little bit mad with the direction of National Party. That doesn't mean I like don't support Larry. Sure. Um, or yeah, me too. You know, my local party ain't that type of stuff, or local candidates, right? Like. I, I might have an issue with the national messaging from time to time, and I'm well, worried that they're going to for the last four years. So there, <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. You know, uh, yeah, I know. Like some, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm you know, like you. like there's some stuff. Like I, I hope it doesn't like they're not so edge lordy that it is damaging to people like Larry. That that that's my worry because you get people like some of some of the crap they're saying in New Hampshire. I'm like, it's not, it's not productive, right? right like it's right. some of it's like. I, you're not putting your message in a way that is like empathetic and understandable to people who aren't deep within the Liberty movement. And that's not helpful when you're running a political party. It's fine. If you're running a podcast or an activist group, sure. it's different when you're running a political party and you're trying to reach as many people as possible and convincing them to make a decision to vote for you. I, right? I think that if, if Larry gets presented the opportunity, um, even because of bad messaging by the L the LP, that Larry can turn that around because Larry helped me realize that. And guys, he did it through laughter. He did it through fun. And he did it through attacking these ridiculous notions that we should just cede all of our power to the state and they will solve all of our problems because obviously that hasn't worked. Right. Yeah. So 
I, I don't give a lot of people credit. Like I changed my own viewpoints. I've, I've thought a lot of things through, but I, I got to lend Larry a hand and say thank you to him for helping me kind of see a better path forward and offering me the fact that the, maybe there is hope for a better path forward. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so I don't know if we're, we're not going to do like probably a full fake news thing. We talked about the uh, thing. I, I have one item though, that like caught my attention All right. and, and I want you to tell me if this is a real, real news item or a fake news item. Okay. California classifies bees as fish. <sighs> real news or fake news? Well, I mean, the Supreme Court classified tomatoes as vegetables. So was it like, I I just, it's, I want, again, we get into this fake news, real news. I'm afraid that it's real news, but I wish that it was fake. <laughs> uh yeah no no they uh they made an argument that be that bees are fish in order to have that apply to the um <laughs> endangered species act uh basically in california uh, <laughs> so because like insects weren't included in like the list of of uh animals eligible for like endangered species protection they wanted to put these like four types of bumblebees on and mm -hmm. so they made an argument that like fish can be like in and there's like these like certain uh characteristics that fish can be including invertebrates so they said well well this is uh an invertebrate uh it's just a terrestrial invertebrate therefore it should qualify under this the term of art for fish I just want to say to what what I'm first of all what I hear is that is how lazy lazy like in New York how lazy the legislators are that they have to go to the court and how embarrassed how embarrassingly how embarrassingly political courts have become yeah that's so, what yeah like it's, it's good like the, the shoehorn bees and the fish again this isn't to necessarily say anything about the merits of like these particular bumblebees like deserving extra protection you know uh by the state you know i'm, I'm skeptical in some cases that that that's really the best solution but right you know, i'm not i'm not this isn't about the merits of this um th my two things that this is one is like this is like kind of a two plus two equals five moment like it's weird it like, is. yeah the court <laughs> saying bees are fish like what we just got to accept that uh two like this makes it hard for like your average person like your farmer who has to deal with these regulations the farmer who has to deal with the regulations forced on him by an ever-expanding authoritarian state I'm just putting words in Kevin's mouth. Yeah. How'd I do? No, no, that, that's exactly the farmer who has to deal with these regulations are like, why? <laughs> what, I, okay. So I'm supposed to protect fish, but you're going after me because you say like, I'm using these pesticides to interfere with these bees, but you're calling them fish. Like what, I, like, how is the average person supposed to understand that stuff? So like, again, what they should do in this case is just amend the law and say, okay, like, Insects are allowed in this because we think it's a priority to protect a pollinator species, and these bees clearly fall under that. And they could sure. just do that. Nope. There's too much work. There's too much work for those guys to do their jobs. Like, they, 
they they are too busy signaling their virtue, Kevin, to be tasked with crafting legislation, debating it, and then voting either for it or against it. Yeah. So just go to the judges. They do it all the time. Yeah, it's 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 wild to me. I, I figured you you'd appreciate I got that. One. You're right. That's so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not amazing. not against protecting bees. Uh, right. Yes. I don't hate just, bees. I do yeah. feel bad for farmers, but I don't hate bees. Yeah, I only hate yellow jackets. Screw yellow jackets. I don't. I Things are yellow jackets. Could could they? They're not protected, are they? I hope not. That would be bad. No. <laughs> All right. Well, jerks is sting on sight. <laughs> all right we, we should we should probably call the night though it's, i know but like, this was great man yeah uh, shelly just showed up hey shelly yeah it's, boom so it, at 10 30 she showed up so it's after 10 30 apparently <laughs> it, it, it is it is and yeah this one like you put this up earlier uh throw it up but shelly's thing you know it's Where'd such we... a scam to to get like those those uh, direct mail oh. pieces from your member of Congress, your member. They don't of pay for them. Like no, they don't. Like yeah, they. they so I used them. to work in a congressional office. They call them four ninety nines. They can send out four hundred ninety nine using their Franklin privileges for Congress. And, and New York State has like a similar like reimbursement type of thing. They can print these things out and and they can inform you about legislation, right? Like which yeah. which really means like brag about what they're doing. But yeah. they're informing you. They're not, you know, politicking. We're, look, we're having we're having impact, man. My guy, my guy, the guy that I ran against, uh, sent out a um, a a flyer saying he's for lowering the regulations on the daycare system so that daycare can be more readily available. So he's he's heard the freedom variant talk about less regulations, and I have influenced him positively. I'll keep working on him. There you go. Uh, baby steps, Tim. Yeah, no, All right, but murder hornets will never, never, never be protected. No, well, they're they're an invasive species, so so we can do whatever we want to them. Murder, murder hornets. <laughs> All right. But uh, all right, folks, we should call tonight, though. Thanks for listening today. Appreciate all you being here and joining us on a free solution. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Kevin.